wrap up uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 today. The Apostle Paul has sent his apprentice, Timothy, to the church at Ephesus. You may recall uh, <laughs> there was some bad stuff going on. False teaching, false doctrine was uh, alive and active, destroying the church that Paul had planted just five years earlier. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.3 tells us these false teachers likely, and this is what you got to remember, they likely were leaders in the church at Ephesus, and they were well-liked and uh, appreciated. They were popular. They were probably very interesting teachers. But look at verse 4. They were teaching false doctrine. And it wasn't even from God's word. It was all sorts of strange stuff that was controversial. It was causing division and confusion. Also going on, slide down to verse 7, they were using the Old Testament law kind of as a club to uh, pound people into their man-made rules and regulations instead of focusing their attention on Jesus and the gospel. Verse 11, that's what Paul says. Should be on Jesus and the gospel. Uh, you, you guys are being law people, but you're not law people anymore. Now you're gospel people. And we got to remember that. We're people of the gospel today. We're not law. We're not about law. Okay? Now, in, in verse 18, uh, down through the end of the chapter, Paul is going to name names. Up to this point, he's just left them fairly generic. Uh, they're false teachers. They're teaching false doctrine. Now he's going to get right down, uh, we would say, maybe to brass tacks. He's going to say, uh, I I'm going to give you some names. And, and Tim, I know you're young and you're, you're timid and you're sickly and you're easily discouraged, but now it's time to go to battle. It's go time to go to war and fight the good fight. So that's what we're going to look at today, the battle, the war, the fight that Paul calls Timothy, that Paul calls us to. Let's stand together. Start with verse 18. We'll read down through the end of chapter 1. Ready? Balcony, you too? I'm looking. You don't, you don't participate. We'll just have balcony reading, okay? That'd be fun. Yeah, here we go. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them, you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these, and so have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. How's that for frightening, huh? Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, uh, the, these are uh, sobering words we just read. Uh, to uh, be handed over to Satan and to see your faith shipwrecked, that's a strong warning. And I pray that we'd hear that strong warning today. Lord, I'm praying that you'll help us as your church to know how we can fight the good fight that you've called us to. Lord, I, I believe it wasn't just Timothy that was called to this. Lord, I believe each and every one of us are called to fight the good fight. So help us to get it. Help us to understand it. Lord, the truth is uh, we are at war and uh, we're uh, taking enemy fire and darts. And Lord, I'm asking that uh, you might show us how we can get armed and dangerous like Paul and Timothy were. 
Lord, may the power of your word come together this morning with the power of the third person of the Trinity. May we uh, clearly hear very personally from you today. Lord, those of us that need to be woken up from our slumber spiritually, we invite you to do that today. Those that need to be encouraged, I, I pray for encouragement. Those that need to get taught and get on the right path, Lord, I, I pray that teaching would occur. Lord, uh, what's amazing is you can take your book and do so many different things with us exactly right where we're at. So we ask that you do that. May, may your spirit be welcomed in your church this morning. And all the church gathered at Walloon said in unison, you may be seated. Verse 18. Timothy, my son. <laughs> it's kind of reminding Timothy of their uh, special father-son relationship. They've been together now for many years. Uh, and, and I could take you and show you where they've been together. But uh, Timothy is with Paul more than anybody else. Said that a few weeks ago. So uh, we got a real special thing, Timothy. Timothy, my son, move on, verse 18. I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. That sounds a little bit uh, interesting, doesn't it, Doug? Uh, what he's saying here is uh, remember when you were ordained, remember when you were commissioned, Timothy? Uh, the church leaders saw in you that you were up to the task that you're about to face. They saw your gifts. They saw your talents. You've been hand-selected by the church leaders for this job. That's really what they're saying here. So uh, we've appointed and selected and confirmed you for this role. So now, Timothy, look at verse 18. It's time to step up and fight the good fight. Now it's time to go to battle. Now it's time to go toe-to-toe, -toe, face to face with Hymenius and Alexander. And I'm going to name names here, and it's not going to be generic anymore, but, but Timothy, it's time to fight the good fight. You can't just be the nice guy, and everybody likes Timothy. Oh, he's such a... It, 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 sorry, but you're going to have to ruffle some feathers, Timothy. You're going to have to get your hands dirty, you're going to have to confront and challenge these false teachers. So he's saying, you're my son and I love you, but I want you to know you've got the gifts, you've got the talents, you've been selected, you've been appointed. We see that you're up to this task. Now it's time to go. And he says, you've got to fight the good fight. Now here's the question. How do you fight the good fight? Verse 19. Here we go. Here's, here's how you fight the good fight. It says, verse 19, you, you hold on to the faith and a good conscience. Holding on to, and you can literally put the faith. Um, our translation doesn't do as well as it should there. Hold on to the faith, not just faith in general, the faith and a good conscience. We'll stop there. Two things involved in biblical fighting. Holding on to the faith, holding on to a good conscience. What is holding on to the faith? Literally, 
what Paul was writing here, the faith would have been the apostles' teaching. Uh, and what did the apostles' teaching become for us? Any guesses? What would we call the apostles' teaching? It would be called what? Uh, the New Testament, yeah. So, so what really what he's saying here is hold on to God's word. Hold on to the gospel. Hold on to the essentials of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I want you to get a hold of it, and I want you to hold tight to it and never let go of God's word. Hold on tight to biblical sound doctrine is really what he's saying here. Get a hold, a solid grasp, Tim, and never let go of the essentials of God's word. Now, let, let me say something that should be obvious, but it isn't sometimes. You cannot hold on to something that you've never studied and understood and gotten a hold of in the first place. Does that make sense, Myron? You, you can't hold on to God's word if you never had it as a part of your life. You can't hold on. I would scream too, yeah. You can't hold on to something unless you get it and you understand it and it's become a part of your life. Until you get the essentials, you can't hold on to the essentials of God's word and the gospel and sound doctrine. It's not possible. can't be done. Um, currently, Myron is teaching a class. And, and you know what the goal of that class is? Myron, just stand up and wave just for a second because I want him to see who you are. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, Myron. <laughs> Say hi, Myron. Wave back at him. Yeah, good to see you, Myron. Yeah. Uh, it, the whole point of his class, Bob taught a, a group of leaders uh, in the fall, and now we're, we're moving out from there. And the whole point of this is teaching the essentials of how to hold on to your faith. That's the point of this class. It's called Starting Point. And I understand, Bob, when Rick and Barb get back, they're going to do another one. So another opportunity will be coming. You're about halfway done, I think. Um, the whole point of this, get the essentials, understand the essentials, and, and, and now you've got it, now you can hold on to it. And, and I need to say this, and, and I say this with love, because I care. But a large percentage of us here today, we, we don't have it. We, yeah, I know some stuff about the word, but I, I, don't really, I don't have the essentials. I, I don't really know the basics. You don't know how to read the Bible for yourself. I'm not talking about listening to somebody on the radio, but you can't dig in and, and get it for yourself. You, you're, you're dependent on other people to feed you. If that's you, then you don't have it down yet. Um, you, you really don't know how to pray. You know, you, you do a little bit at dinner time, thinking that maybe you won't choke if, if, you, if you pray, you know, offer up the magic words, and Lord help me not to choke. But you really don't have a time where you talk with the Lord. You don't know how to feed yourself. You don't know how to share your faith. Listen closely. If that's you, then you don't have the essentials, and you can't hold on to the faith because you never had it to begin with. And again, I'm not saying that to, to, to make you mad or to tick you off or to make you feel bad. I'm saying that to encourage you because you can't fight the good fight until you know the faith, God's word, the essentials, the gospel. And until you have that down, you can't hold on to it. And as long as you're in that condition, slide down to verse 20. Here, here, here's, here's the danger 
until you get the faith down personally for you so you know it and you understand it and you can live it, you're in danger of shipwrecking your faith. Because if you don't know the gospel, then you're bound to fall for anything that sounds close. You'll fall for the latest craze or the latest fad or, or the latest teaching on TV, some foolish thing going on. You're prone to have your, sh- your, your faith shipwrecked. Verse 20. So, how do you fight the good fight? First, hold on tight to the faith, God's word, the Bible. Secondly, look at what verse 19 says. There's a second part. You have to hold on to a good, what does it say? A good conscience. John Calvin said a bad conscience is the mother of all heresy. Isn't that interesting? A bad conscience is the mother of all heresy. All human beings created in God's image, as a part of being a human made in God's image, we've been given a conscience, a God-given sense of right and wrong. So everybody, every human being, we've been given. Now, you can sear your conscience, you can ignore your conscience. After a time, it, it might as well not be there. But the truth is, God gives everybody a good gift of a conscience. And that salvation, follow me here, when we say yes to Jesus and the cross by faith, the Holy Spirit enters our lives. Jesus in spirit form, takes up residence in our life. 1 Corinthians 6.19. So, track with me here. Followers of Jesus, we kind of have a double-barreled presence of God in our life. We've got that God-given conscience that everybody has, and we also have the third person of the Trinity living right inside of us, the Holy Spirit. So, we hold on to the faith. Track with me now. We, we hold on to the Bible, God's written will for our lives, our roadmap for life. This is the faith that we hold on to. And we have our God-given consciences and the Holy Spirit. And the Lord's always whispering and prompting and nudging and convicting us as we walk through life. Do you understand that? I hope you, I hope you feel that every day, right? If you're a follower of Christ and now you're about to go do something, and, it, and it's a little gray. I, I hope you're listening and you're aware of the nudgings and the promptings and the convictings and the whisperings of the conscience God has given you and his spirit, Jesus in spirit form that lives inside of you. Paul says to fight the good fight, what do you got to know? I, I, I got to know God's word, the Bible, the essentials, the gospel, and secondly, I have to start listening to that inner voice of the Lord that keeps me on the right path, that keeps me on God's path that's in alignment with the faith, his word. Let me illustrate. You'll understand, I think. Uh, you're really tired of that old car you're driving? Does that apply to anybody? Really tired? Can I say anybody? Yeah? A few of you? Okay. Uh, the problem is, most months... <laughs> your income is less than your bills most months. And I won't ask you if that's where you're at. Uh, and, and you know God's word says the, borrow, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Did you know that? Isn't God's word? 
If you are, if you are a borrower, you are literally a slave, a servant to the person who lended you that money. But, you know, I know what God's word says, and I know I can't afford a car, but I'm just going to go to the dealership and look around anyway. You know, just, you know, be fun, just to look around. And as you look around, you, too, you see two signs that you say, this must be Jesus. It says, no money down. And then over here, it says another sign, 0% financing for 60 months. Jesus is speaking to me. Uh, I, I know that must be him. Um, so you're, you're, you know what God's word says, and your conscience is saying, slow down, wait, pray, save. You know you can't afford this. And you ignore the inner whispers and prompts and conviction. And sure enough, you drive out in that shiny brand new truck. You know what God's word said. And you know what the Holy Spirit was saying to you, and you ignore that, and here's the warning. Look, look at verse 19. You keep pushing back the faith, what you know to be God's word, and you just push away the promptings, the whisperings, the convicting of the, your conscience and the Holy Spirit. Be careful, because you're in great danger of shipwrecking your faith. You keep that up. That's the warning. Keep living that way, you're going to shipwreck your faith. Ignore what you know God's word says about situations. Ignore what the Holy Spirit and your conscience are showing you. In time, you're in danger of shipwrecking your life. Verse 20, two examples of men who shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. If you go to 2 Timothy 2, 17 and 18, you can turn there if you want. We get details about how Hymenaeus went off the rail. How did Hymenaeus go so far astray that literally Paul says, I've handed him over to Satan. I've removed him from membership. It says, verses 17 and 18 of 2 Tim, that he was teaching the church at Ephesus Jesus has already returned. The book of Revelation has already kicked into gear, and in doing that, by teaching false doctrine, by teaching lies to the church at Ephesus, it says, and he has messed up and destroyed the faith of some who've listened to his foolishness. We don't exactly know what, what Alexander's deal is, but, but we know that Hymenaeus was teaching false doctrine. He was teaching as though the book of Revelation was already in high gear when that was just a lie. So, where did Hymenaeus go wrong? How, how did this horrible mess with Hymenaeus and Alexander start? Where, where did it all begin? Go back to verse 19, I can show you. Okay, They didn't hold on to the faith. They weren't holding on tightly to the apostles' teaching in God's word and the gospel, and they didn't listen to the promptings, the whispers, the nudges, the convicting, the convictions of their Holy Spirit and their conscience. They ignored it. No, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. I, I, I think I want to teach this. And they just went right on, and it says they shipwrecked their faith by not holding on to the faith and not holding on to a good conscience. 
It's like a car going 80 miles an hour. Just think about it a sec. You're going 80. Anybody like to go 80? Don't raise your hands because we don't know yet. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you guys like to go 80. <laughs> Bunch of you raised your hands. Uh, okay, you're going 80, and you decide, I'm going to play a little game here for a bit. I'm going to see how long I can take out my hands off the wheel and shut my eyes before I have trouble. Okay, so I'm going 80. I'm going to take my hands off. I'm driving, hands off the wheel, shut my eyes. And you do that for, let's say, 30 seconds. What likely is going to happen? Any guesses? Uh, and the answer is crash. <laughs> Ambulance, hospital. And that's exactly what happened. They took their hands off of God's word. They took their hands off and they shut their eyes and their ears to what the Lord was saying to them, and that's exactly what happened. They crashed and burned. When you hand someone over to Satan, look at verse 20. I want to just give you a little thought here. As Paul says here, he's talking just like he talked about in 1 Corinthians 5. I don't know if you remember 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1. This man in the church at Corinth was living in adultery with his stepmom. And, and Paul says, what are you doing, leaders at Corinth? You're acting as though that's fine, and it's not okay. That's clearly wrong. That's clearly sin. Remove him from membership. Remove him from the church at Corinth. That's exactly, look at verse 20, what Paul is saying. Church at Ephesus, get rid of Hymenaeus and Alexander. Timothy, remove him. And literally, the church is the gathering of God's people today. And to send someone out of the church is literally to send them out of Christ's family and into the domain of Satan. And what's the purpose for that, Peter? Because you hate them? Because you want them destroyed? No, the purpose is because you want them to wake up from their slumber. You want them to repent from their foolishness and their sinfulness. And uh, that's exactly, look at verse 20. I, I'm telling you to do this so Hymenaeus and Alexander will stop, what does it say? Their blaspheming ways. We're sending them out of the church, pushing them out into Satan's domain, not because we hate them, but because we want them to wake up and, and quit their blaspheming ways and start holding on to the faith and holding on to a good conscience. They want them to come back and repent. So, how do we fight the good fight today, 2013? Think about it. How, how do we avoid shipwrecking our faith? Let me suggest a few things. You might want to write some things down. This isn't an exhaustive list, but I'll just give you a few thoughts, okay? First, you need to know and study and get discipled in the faith. Somehow, some way, you've got to figure out a way so that you know God's word. You know the essentials. You know what truth is. You can study God's word for yourself. You can get in there and read and get it. Um, you can learn to connect with the Lord on a daily basis. You can share your faith. Those are the essentials. And I'll say this again. A lot of us here today, we don't know that. So, so that's the first thing we do to fight the good fight. We, we got we to get to a starting point class. We need to see Pastor Bob or Myron and, and, and get plugged in there. 
Some of you, uh, your, your weak spot is money and finances. Your weak and besetting area is you're always spending more than you got. And uh, you need to see Don and Martha Rudy and commit to Financial Peace University. Don and Martha, are you here today? Are you here? Yeah. Stand up, wave at us. We'll wave at Don. Yeah. Hi, Don. Yeah. Good stuff there. You, but, but it's all about God's word as related to finances and money. And I'm just telling you, for some of you, uh, I need to get there. I, I need to do what it takes. Uh, some of you need to be here on Wednesday nights. Pastor Bob is going through the book of Matthew, right? Verse by verse, chapter by chapter. That'd be a good place to start, too. Um, let me give you a tool. Um, this is a, a, a tool that uh, Denise and I use. Uh, would you grab the insert out of your bulletin here? Here's, this, is, this is a tool. This isn't all by itself going to help you fight the good faith, but this is a tool to help you fight the good fight. Ephesians 6 tells us that you get and keep your armor on, and that helps you fight well. This is a prayer that uh, we've kind of adopted, um, and... Let me just uh, read it through with you, okay? You want to read with me? Yep, to it? Keep you awake for a few minutes. Okay, here we go. You all got it. Here we go, the warrior's prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Okay, here we go. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I, I put on the belt of truth. Jesus, I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus, guard my heart from evil, so I'll remain pure and holy, protected under your precious blood. I put on the shoes of peace. Jesus, help me to stand firm in the good news of the gospel, so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take up the shield of faith. Jesus, help me to be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I'll not be vulnerable to spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. Jesus, keep my mind focused on you and your word so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take up the sword of the spirit. Jesus, help me to keep my nose in your book and commit it to memory so that the two-edged sword of your word will be ready in my hands so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. I take up praying in the spirit. Jesus, help me to continually pray for myself, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that you will strengthen and empower us to fight Satan's evil schemes so that we may make known your gospel fearlessly to those we rub shoulders with every day. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I'm prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. We've put out, Gene, probably, what, thousands of something similar on CD. Um, this is just a little bit different package. Put this in a place where you can look at it and remind yourself, maybe on the bathroom mirror, maybe by your computer. I, I, I'm just telling you, if you can get Ephesians 6 down in a form that it becomes a part of your life, this is one of those tools God can use. And, and finally... When your conscience is talking to you, we've got to learn to start paying attention. 
when the Holy Spirit is nudging and whispering and convicting, I'm just telling you, we got to start listening. And the Lord is talking to a lot of us, and he's speaking, and we're just saying, uh, I don't think so, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, there's that new uh, CD by Eminem, and you know, everybody's talking about it, and man, can that, that guy's amazing. And you, did you know he's from Michigan? He's got to be all right, okay? So surely it's good, so I'm going I'm to download that stuff on my iPod, my iPhone. I looked up some words by Eminem, and, and truly, I had to quit reading because I'm thinking, you know what, i got to preach tomorrow, and I don't want to be reading. It, it was so foul and so profane and so filled with all sorts of ugliness, I'm just telling you, and yet we're saying, well, well, everybody else is listening to it, and, and the spirits say, no, you're a follower of Jesus. You know what God's word says, flee immorality. Flee that garbage, and we're saying, oh, I, th I think I'm going to listen to it anyway, and I'm going to listen to it over and over and over again. Or, you know, everybody's talking about uh, this great movie, and you know it was nominated for an Oscar, and it's got to be wonderful, and I want to talk intelligently with, with my friends, and, and I know I went to Plugged In Online, and I know it's got a lot of nudity, and, and it has these awful words, but but I, I, I think I want to go anyway, and your spirits, your conscience is saying, no, no, you, you have no business as a follower of Christ going there. And, and, and you're saying, I, I think I'm going. And, and we let go of the faith, what God's word says, and we let go of a good conscience, what the Lord is saying to you, and, and what are we doing? We're, we're going 80, 90, 100 miles an hour, and what are we doing? taking our hands off the wheel and shutting my eyes and saying, boy, I hope I don't hit anything. And then we're surprised when we crash. <laughs> we're surprised when there's burning and, and our careers are destroyed and our reputations are shredded and our marriages die and our finances go down the tubes and our spiritual lives go up in flames. We're shocked. How did that happen? got to hold on to the faith. First, you got to know it, and then you got to hold on to it, and then you got to listen and hold on to a good conscience. Fight the good fight. Fight, church at Walloon, the good fight. Fight the, wh whatever it takes. Lord, I'm going to fight the good fight because this isn't for me. This is ultimately for you. It's making you look good. It's shining bright for you. It's being effective for your church and your kingdom. Doing this for you, Lord, whatever it takes. I'm going to fight the good fight. Willing to do that? Willing to fight the good fight? Got to know God's word. Got to get in there. Got to hold on tight to the essentials. And then you got to listen as the Lord prompts and whispers and nudges and convicts. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, the truth is we are at war. <laughs> and sadly, Lord, there are soldiers going down all around us. Friends, family, 
fellow members of the body of Christ. And instead of fighting the good fight, they, uh, they are in the emergency room, they're in intensive care. Their lives are shattered and broken. Lord, I, I pray that you might wake us up as your church. Lord, my prayer is that none of us who are a part of your church here at Walloon would wind up like Hymenaeus and Alexander. Lord, keep us from ignoring your word and ignoring the promptings and the whispers and the conviction of your spirit and your conscience you've given us. Lord, because the truth is we're just asking to crash and burn, to shipwreck. I pray against that, Lord. Wake us up. I pray for those who are here, and the truth is they don't know the essentials of the faith. They don't know your word well. They've never been discipled. And I pray, Lord, that you'd give them a holy divine urgency to do whatever it takes to learn and know the faith so they can hold on tight to it. And Lord, we live in a world that uh, calls wickedness and sin right, and it even celebrates it. They give them shiny golden statues lots of times. And Lord, I'm praying that as we live in this world today that we might fight the good fight by holding on to a good conscience. Give us the courage and the determination to listen as you say no. Stop. Wait. Lord, uh, thank you for your book. It's alive, it's practical, it's living, and uh, I pray that we might not just hear it today, but we'll do it. And now, Lord, as we receive our uh, benevolent offering, I'm asking, Lord, that you might encourage those who are about to receive these monies. I'm asking, Lord, that as we receive this offering right now, that uh, the folks who are hurting financially might realize they have brothers and sisters who care and are there alongside them. And, uh, Lord, if some of them have not listened to the promptings and the conviction that you've given them regarding their finances, if they've ignored the clear teaching of your word, I pray that they too in this area would hold on tight to the faith and a good conscience. We love you. We're grateful again to be a part of your family. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.